All right, and welcome to Coldcast. I am Nate, and I am here with Tinkersack. Welcome. Thank you. I feel welcome. How are you? Good, good. Um, so for our viewers, I'm sure our viewers are very excited that you're on. Um, have you have you done a lot of uh, podcasts in the uh, past? Or? I've done a couple, and you say viewers. Is there a hidden uh, <laughs> camera here? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Let's see how it goes. Yeah. <laughs> <Gosh>. <laughs> That's all right. Cheers. <laughs> I've, I've, I've done a couple of uh, podcasts, yeah. Okay, cool. Um, and I, I mean, just seeing you're really, really active on Twitter mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, I kind of what was thinking about that too. Like, what? What's up? How did you get into Twitter? And like, why do you? Why? Um, how do I ask this? What do you? What What drives you to 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 communicate? You know, so much on Twitter. Like, why do you use Twitter? Probably a sense of self hatred. <laughs> and uh masochism um I, I got into so when when i first started out i was trying to break into uh uh into this line of work uh ran into a gentleman by the name of syntaxer uh who was one of the co-organizers for what's called nasig uh, uh the dallas chapter and that was like north american information security group dallas chapter i think uh nasig's no longer a thing here locally they've morphed into ntx csg which is north texas Cybersecurity group uh, which is a great group um uh, meets out of um uh, frisco i think um and they're more uh blue team uh corporate but still technical a very good group and if you get a chance to uh, uh go visit them uh but syntaxer um uh, he he made the statement, hey, if, if you want to get a gig in information security, you want to know about hacking, get on the Twitter. Because at the time, and really still to, to a certain extent, that's where where everyone was was talking, right? You know, uh, prior to that, you had, and even now, you still, you'll have your IRC channels, your Slack channels, Discord channels, et cetera. Uh, it used to be forums, and then before that, BBS is going way back, right? Um, but but so far as being able to reach a large group and, and get information, it was on Twitter. Uh, and I found that to be to be correct. Um, and what I started doing uh, when I first broke in, I was doing uh, security uh, uh, analyst work, blue team uh, intrusion detection, and uh, some really cool things happened. A, I found a lot of information. Uh, typically, you know, the zero days would drop there, if you will, or uh, or you'd get kind of a heads up. And the the old joke was. Uh, you'd hear it on Twitter first um, publicly. You'd hear it publicly on Twitter first, and then you know a day later you, you'd read it on all the uh, security blogs or, or news sites, and then a week later you'd see it on CNN. It's mm-hmm. kind of what it was. And I needed to be right there at the cutting edge because I, I was I was defending a large organization. Um, Shell shock went through at the time. This is dating me. Um, uh, and, and, you know, we were able to patch and we started getting what I did. Once we patch, a lot of times you kind of just move on because, hey, you're, you're protected. Why worry about it? Well, whenever a hacker's trying to get into your organization, they're not going to just try one thing. You know, if that, if that fails, uh, they're, they're going to continue trying other things. And so we were getting hit by Shellshock even after we had patched. And what I ended up doing, the neat thing about Shellshock, if folks are, are familiar with it, it, it was a vulnerability in Linux. I won't go into the specific vulnerability, but, but what you could do was from the outside do remote code execution, right? Uh, unauthenticated. And, and 
the way that a lot of attackers were using was they would put the actual malicious command right there in the initial attack. The savvy hackers would do what amounted to as a vulnerability scan and have some sort of outbound ping or some sort of message, right? Uh, the ones who are trying to just kind of do opportunistic spray attacks, uh, you'd get hit by some IP address, right? And that IP might be a hacked toaster out of Kansas. It, it was a throwaway. You know, they were bouncing it through proxies and and uh, 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 what have you. Um, but but that that uh, the actual attack itself, the shell shock attack, would have a a uh, host that was vulnerable to this um, reach out. It was basically a wget or a curl or pipe to shell or, or bash or whatever, typically uh, sh, um, and it would reach out to the malware server. So at that point, now I have a malware address in the malware server. Yeah, the initial attack IP, cool. Uh, they can throw those down, burn them left and right. And yeah, you might block them or whatever, um, but it might be a legitimate site that you need. The mal address, the malware server address where, you know, the, the initial command was basically a loader uh, would download the full package. And so at that point, okay, hey, I can see, hey, did anybody actually reach out to that malware server? And that was good. Um, I can start doing my own threat intel. Uh, well, what I'd end up doing was bouncing through another host and actually downloading the payload myself and, and, and doing reverse engineering on the malware. And by reverse engineering, I mean like usually these were Perl scripts, right? You know, there's a lot of uh, Brazilian script kitties that were sending uh, patchwork scripts at us building up their IRC botnets. It was, it was beautiful. A lot of turf warfare going on there. Uh, and I could read through the Perl script. <laughs> That's reverse engineering. It's, it's text. And I could pull the, the IP address of their command and control server, their IRC uh, server. And at that point, you know, a malicious actor who, who sends out an initial attack, you know, that IP, that initial attack IP, it's it's a dime a dozen. They, they can trash it. The malware server is a little bit more. You can you can host it really anywhere. But if you've got scripts already running, you'd have to close the scripts down, change the IP address and, and, and do it again. The CNC, though, the command and control of the C2, uh, you know, that that was maintaining many multitudes uh, of of. Uh, of uh, uh, popped hosts, you know, pwned boxes and whatnot. Um, you get rid of that and you try to migrate all those uh, attacked hosts into a new command and control. And if anybody in IT has ever done migrations just on normal servers, that's a beast. You're going to lose uh, hosts is what it amounts to. And so once we got that actual command and control, we could then go through and say, hey, who in our in our in our enterprise has actually reached out to those command and control? And at that point, you know, we've got some good intel. They can pop us with a zero day that nobody knows about. If it still points back to the same C two, well, shoot, we, we have something to work off from there. Uh, so I was doing this normally, reading these these scripts. Um, ended up getting a, a usually the scripts are downloaded real quick, right? Um, came across one. It had uh, the attack IP was Chinese based, geolocated. The malware server was Chinese based geolocated and that any IPs can pop out of anywhere. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but that was weird. I went to go download it and it was like chunk, chunk, chunk. It was a huge fricking file. And I finally got it. It was a fully compiled elf binary. Mm -hmm. This was not some script. This was, this was a, this was a piece of a robust framework, <laughs> you know? And, and, uh, I was like, Oh, Oh crap. <laughs> I had done some reverse engineering, you know, uh, 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 of binaries, but, but at that time it had amounted to like crack me's, you know, little lab based stuff, right? Nothing major. Um, and so I checked with my team. They knew some stuff that a lot of people were, were bored. Well, I ended up reaching out, uh, uh, to folks on, uh, on Twitter and saying, Hey, you know, I, I, uh, 
I need some help. I've got this. And somebody pointed me to a person called Malware Must Die. Uh, and they are... Um, they are uh, amazingly skilled reverse engineer, and they 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 lead a lot of uh, really good malware analysis. Right, um, hooked up with him, got permission from my uh, from my boss to work with him, kind of thing. You know, we made sure we checked the bona fides, and because a lot of times you don't want to, if you're targeted, you don't really want to put out even the malware. You want to keep that in house with trusted vendors. This was we, we determined we were not targeted. We 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 contacted a lot of other people in industry and realized this was an opportunistic attack. At that point, then we're, we're sharing it. Right. Um, and so we, we shared the binary. I did some some dynamic analysis, basically setting off and see where to go using Remnux. And he did some like or, or they did some amazing uh, 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 static analysis, actually pulling out the binary. And long and short, we got all the information. I was only interested in, in the C2 and the indicators of compromise so I could do my own threat analysis. But but uh, but Mauer must I really dove in, wrote a blog post about it, et cetera, and some really good stuff. Um Ended up, uh, uh, they ended up uh, um, remotely attending a, a Dallas Hackers Association and, and doing a talk on it. We did a joint talk. It was, oh, nice. it was really awesome. Um, but long and short, Twitter, even at the very beginning, Twitter helped me. And what I started doing was anytime we got hit by opportunistic attacks, I started putting out the IOCs onto Twitter and started running with, with the malware gangs out there. Um, uh, so did that for a little bit and then ended up going over to the red team side, ended up uh, uh, joining a, a crew and started pen testing, and now I was going to ask you what yeah. led, what led you to that decision. I I don't like being a detective. I don't like finding out what other people did. I like doing it myself. Um, and coming from the Marine Corps, I I have an attack mindset. And if someone's going to pay me for that, then then fine. You know, computers for me are are you know, they're a weapon. Mm-hmm. Um, in the Marine Corps, it's, it's you know, the, the old adage is, is one mind, one body, one weapon, that anything around you is a weapon, if you will. It's not very healthy once, you're, mm-hmm. once you've come back into normal society. At the time, though, I mean, you know, you, you do what you got to do to survive. And thank you for your service. Uh, cheers. Um, mm-hmm. And so, uh, uh, for me, I mean, I did, I did some script kitty stuff back in, in high school or whatever, but for me, a computer's a weapon. And so, while the the bulk majority of very intelligent people uh, uh, go to blue team at some point because <laughs> you you have to be so smart to be in blue team, uh, uh, I like breaking things, which is a little bit easier. <laughs> so because I don't have the skill necessary to be in blue team, I'm on red team. Uh, I'm, I'm only you know like one tenth joking. That's mostly dead serious, and I'm laughing uh, out of self effacement. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I just I, I prefer that. And so, so ended up uh, uh, hooking up with the crew, and I, I was, I was one of my earlier attacks. Um, I was running. I ran across some old uh, JBoss web servers, and and I, I scored through you know blogs at the time. How do I hack this kind of stuff? How to hack? Um, okay. And uh, uh, came up with stuff, and I was basically custom crafting my own war files, and it hurt. Um, <laughs> and uh, uh, a gentleman by the name of DA six six seven, the digital uh, arcanist, um, uh, said, "Hey, bro, <laughs> use this script." Uh, it turned out to be Jex Boss, which was uh, uh, I think the Sam Sam gang was using that to oh, hit nice. hit uh, uh, um, hospitals and whatnot, and so. I, tr- I vetted it. Um, 
Jexbox, you have to be careful with. It's on GitHub, right? It's open source. Read your shit, right? right. Um, uh, it turned out that uh, in one of the attack vectors, it reaches out to a hard-coded IP address in the script that points to the Jexbox creator's server to download the war file. Mm. Okay, well, let's see what that war file is. Right. <laughs> the war file is, is innocuous. It's just a, a, a web show. And it's very easy to read uh, and see that. Um, and the maker of it, so far as I know, legit person, right? Um, you know, he's hosting the malware or they're hosting the malware for you. Um, uh, but the thing is, the side effect is anytime that that server gets hit, the maker knows that there's a vulnerable server because the vulnerable server is the one that downloads the war oh. file there locally. It's not sent from you, right? Wow. And so if you just run Jexbox, at least at the time, native, you're you're in your you're a white hat, <laughs> right? You're you're exposing your uh, your 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 client uh, at least to one other person. So long and short, you just hard code it to your own server and you're fine. Um, you know, point to you. You can host it. Uh, you can use the same war file that that the person made. It, it was legitimate. You just need to change it through. So, anyways, did that and uh, uh, went through and uh, and was able to gain a root on uh, uh, several uh, um, web servers and then pivot from there. Now, this is in the beginning of your red team side. Sure. And were you working, like, doing consultant work? or? or yeah, yeah. I test different clients. Yeah, okay, absolutely. okay. Yeah. Yeah. But, but the answer and wrap up, this is a long-winded answer to that original question. The reason why I'm on Twitter is because I could crowdsource knowledge, you know. Mm -hmm. you, 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 you do your own research. You have your books. You have your, your podcasts, your blogs, your, your YouTube videos, uh, and, and your friends and colleagues. Uh, but ultimately, you can say, hey, Lazy Web, what do you all know? And, and it, it generated up a, a lot of uh, discussion. And from there, I was able to then start doing, um, uh, live tweeted pen tests. So I go to break into a place and I go, Oh crap, what do I do now? And it's almost a choose your own adventure at that point. You know, I can't do that with, a, with the bulk majority of my clients. I can't speak about on, on, on Twitter, uh, NDAs, et cetera, but I'll get a couple clients. So like, Hey, as long as you don't name us, you know, go ahead. It's fine. Um, and so, uh, uh, started doing that and folks started really enjoying that. I'd go back in and do some uh, uh, previous pen tests that I had done to kind of illustrate a point. And again, that generates, it, it does two things. One, it, it, it reaches out to, to non-technical folks, kind of lets them know what's going on, right? Um, but then a lot of technical folks, you know, hackers, they'll be like, why didn't you do this? Why didn't you do this kind of thing? And so sometimes I, I, I have tried that. I just didn't mention it here because I've only got at the time, 140 and now 280 characters. Uh, so just because it's on there doesn't mean it's exhaustive. Um, <laughs> but sometimes it'll be like, why didn't you do this? I'm like, why didn't I do that? That's a great idea. Wow. And so while I'm able to give back in, in the form of a narrative uh, that can be consumed, uh, I'm able to gain from uh, from that discussion. And that's a big thing about Twitter is you just, you have that discussion, caustic, toxic, or otherwise, you have a discussion. Mm. Now, have you ever been and you don't strike me. I mean, being a military guy, you don't strike me as somebody who's been hurt, you know, easily. But I mean, I mean, so. folks get shot. I don't know. What do you mean hurt easily? <laughs> no, I mean, so. <laughs> I'm a glass cannon. I can do some damage, but man, I'm I'm <laughs> squishy. Mm -hmm. Well, that's what I was going to say, like, because, you know, when people are, you know, in the social media uh, aspect a lot. Sure. You, know, you get a lot of criticism. Oh, yeah. All the time. Yeah. Yeah, does that stuff, does any stuff ever like get to you? Yeah, all the time. Yeah, it's, it's horrible. Um, the, the human psyche is, is, it's, it's, it's only wired to take criticism and, 
uh, and challenges you know, maybe a couple times a week, (laughs) like, 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 you know, you, you go down to the town pub, the town square and you have, uh, uh, Johnny, the asshole, uh, who will make fun of you and you can make fun of him because you know, his mom or whatever. Right. (laughs) Biblically. Um, but, uh, uh, or, or, Hey, you know, a a new person comes in town, you hear a new concept and you get, Oh man, I got challenged my viewpoints, you know, once, you know, a year kind of thing. So we, we, you never want to, you never want to self-censor. You never want to put yourself into a filter bubble. You never want to put yourself into an echo chamber, right? The flip side is you can't put yourself out there uh, at scale <laughs> to to the multitude uh, um, of, of people's viewpoints uh, and challenges. And that's assuming sincere discourse. Mm. Uh, and if you know anything about uh, uh, the internet and Twitter in particular, sincere discourse is hard to come by. Uh, you know, you have, you have trolls uh, uh, who are just doing it for the lulls, but then you have concerted disinformation campaigns that are bombarding you by the day. And so, you know, as you long and short, um, uh, to answer your direct question, yeah, uh, uh, if I if you read the comments in YouTube, man, it hurts if you put out a content creator, and so th- they usually just don't read them. But you know, I'm here to have discourse, but I got to be very careful. Uh, and and after I kind of got past a certain number of followers, where to where you know my my tweets will get out to a much broader crowd now. Uh, statistically speaking, you get a certain number of antagonistic individuals and as much as you can try to just ignore it, it it does affect you. Um, Sometimes they're good and you can start up a a good conversation if I've had rest and enough caffeine and I want to do that and I'm not actively working on something. A lot of times you just ignore it. Uh, I don't like blocking folks, but if someone's continuous, I might mute them just to get them, you know, out of it so I don't have to see it. But yeah, I've just like you, you suffer burnout in a job, um, especially social media at that level where, where you're actively engaged. Um, uh, yeah, you have to take break, breaks, you know, uh, frequent breaks from that. So yeah, no, I, I, nobody's a Superman. Nobody's an Ubermensch. Um, uh, everybody's just a person. And yeah, it absolutely does affect you. Now with Tinkersec, um, can you speak on how that name came about, uh, Tinkersec? Yeah, I mean, my my name's Tinker, and I'm in security. Nice. Cool. I thought it was an app name. I like my name. Um, But yeah, it it was that, and Tinker was already taken, and so I like sec at the end. And it's really nice because sec's also part of my last name, so there you have it. Nice, nice. Little opsec there. Yep. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh man! Or disopsec. I don't know. <laughs> Misopsec. What's the so opposite weird. of opsec? Right. I know. Yeah. Uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> opsec <laughs> fail. <laughs> Basically. Um, hold on, just a minute, please. Okay. So, what kind of um, hacking do you enjoy doing now? Like, what's like if you could pick, you know, anyone? Like, which one would you enjoy the most? I I like it all, honestly. Um, I'm full scope, and so I'll do uh, physical break-ins, uh, et cetera. I'll do social engineering in person uh, over uh, uh, comms or phone and uh, over text, and I'll do uh, you know network-based uh, external, internal um, uh, computer networks, systems, web applications, uh, a little bit of mobile apps. Um, and, and I've done a, a little bit of work in industrial control systems, uh, as well. Those are mostly not pen tests. Those are typically, uh, uh, security audits. And then 
if you do any sort of pen testing, if you will, it's more proof of concepts in a lab environment. Uh, uh, OT environments or operational technology is a, uh, a little bit different than IT. Um, so what are my favorites? I, I'm partial to external network pen tests because <laughs> I don't have to talk to people. <laughs> really? I'd, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, they're they're kind of simple. You can do it in, in the, the luxury of your own home or in you know, a cafe somewhere or whatever. Uh, you can travel around uh, uh, different places and, and just still hit it as long as you're bouncing through whatever box you've set up as a proxy. Um, so those are probably my favorite. Um, now, what what kind of like tools and things do you like to use when you're doing um, externals? And like, what's kind of your methodology? Like, how do you go? Yeah. So um, uh, methodology. So generally, I mean, I you gotta understand. How about this? How about I start high level <laughs> and then and then you ask me if you want if you want me to dive in because. You know, we we can do a a, a five day boot camp on this, and then yeah, and I'm continually learning. So it's like, what did I learn tomorrow, kind of thing. Um, you know, uh, it, it's it's your typical approach, right? So uh, uh, you you start off, say you start off with with nothing, and you start off with you know a target, a, a company name, or, or a government entity, or something like that. Um, you know, the first thing you do is is uh, you duck duck go them. And you find out uh, for network side, you find out maybe their their web address, right? Their their domain name, their .com or or what have you. Um, and uh, you you get the IP address off of that, and you do a who is lookup. And that if you're lucky, it, it gives you a CIDR range, a, a, a range of computers, right? Um, and uh, but at least if if it's an individually. Uh, um, if, if they own an IP block, you'll get company name. And then you just start diving into all the uh, internet uh, name registries, uh, Aaron in, in, uh, in America, uh, et cetera. Uh, based off of their company information, you can get a lot of side range. So that, that gives you a range uh, of IP addresses that you can hit. You can then start doing uh, subdomain enumeration. Um, and there's a lot of good talks out there on how to do it. But uh, you can go in uh, publicly known information. DNS dumpster is a really good one for, for some older stuff. Uh, you know, they cache a lot of things. You can look through uh, HTTPS uh, and SSL uh, TLS certificates, you know, anytime uh, folks register those publicly with with the certificate authorities um you get the subdomain information there um i should say if, if they're you know find out their name server if their name server is misconfigured you can just do a um um zone transfer do, yeah do a, do a dump through zone transfer i don't see that too much yeah uh, sometimes you'll see that once you get on the internal network mm -hmm. there's some sort of internal domain uh, uh name server that that's not exposed to the internet and that those are still misconfigurations. So, so still try it. Um, and then obviously you can brute force it, you know, get, go onto sec lists and, and download a massive, you know, uh, subdomain, uh, uh, word list and just try it, <laughs> you yeah. know, and if anything yeah. comes back, Hey, you got something. Uh, but at that point, and then anytime that you get a valid subdomain, you, you do, uh, and then look up and do an IP, uh, address check on that. And then you do who is on those as well. Uh, nowadays you're finding a lot more hosted in various cloud environments. So you don't get a lot of the, the IP ranges themselves. Um, but you get, you know, Amazon's or Google's or Rackspace or, you know, software or whatever. Um, and so, uh, but once you, long story short, once you get a target list, um, you know, you can do uh, uh, passive reconnaissance, you know, third party, do census.io or Shodan. Um, uh, you can, you can do, uh, as an example, passive recon, I found a target's Twitter um, feed of their IT 
had it, their own Twitter feed and it would post anytime they did updates on their server, including what the versioning number was. I was like, that's a, wow, that's a lot of information. Oh, wow. um, and then you do active reconnaissance, you know, you, you do your, your service and port scanner using mass scan or in map or, or what have you. Uh, and you enumerate uh, the ports. And at that point, then you're just methodically going through every port and see what you get, both TCP and UDP. Right. You know, mm-hmm. so we're, we're, we're really, uh, <laughs> we're really getting down into the weeds at this point. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, and so the different ways to breach via network, uh, you can either, um, you know, based off of versioning or fingerprinting or what have you go through and look for publicly, uh, available exploits. Somebody else found it, uh, and wrote it. Right. So exploit DB has a really good one on that one. Uh, if you find CVs, sometimes they will point back to different modules, like a Metasploit module or something like that. Um, so you go through technical vulnerability. Um, you can go through misconfigurations, which just mean something was exposed that's not, uh, that can be any, you know, default credentials. It could be anything from default credentials. And I consider default credentials a, a misconfiguration because they could have, they should have changed it during yeah. their configuration. You know, sometimes you'll find um, uh, dev servers uh, that are exposed to the internet that allow access to, you know, the dev environment. And so a lot of times you, you might find a web application that's serving another web application but you can run code directly uh these are you know your tomcats your jbosses uh but sometimes you'll get like bespoke (laughs) custom crafted web apps for people to run their own uh code on at that point you can run code through their services if you will uh Web applications themselves, you can either do SQL injection to try to get down into the SQL servers. XP command shell is an example of that. Um, file upload, you know, anything that can kind of get you past the web app into the underlying server. Um, there's a lot of ways to do that. Uh, uh, you can always, um, my favorite one, because it's the easiest, right? is any sort of remote connection service, uh, RDP or Telnet or SSH, of course. Um, Citrix is a favorite of mine. Um, really? Yeah, oh yeah. Uh, uh, it, anything that's connected to the backend Active Directory, because most of these environments are Active Directory, so Citrix will, will you can then start brute forcing uh, uh, usernames and passwords. Uh, and Citrix, since it's a web-based remote desktop, you pop that, then you have... Internal. You're you're on the in yeah you're you're inside at that point. I mean, you have a system that you control on the inside. Now, what do you typically use for the brute forcing burp? Or? Um, if it's a web app, so I like burp a, a lot. Uh, burp Suite Intruder. Um, it's very you you can you can point at anything web based, right? Um, the problem is from a black box perceptive mm-hmm. perspective, you might not know what good is there's no known good you you can certainly know what known bad is you can say okay this was uh, uh, an invalid login right so um if this is an invalid login anything that's different from this may be a valid login or might be an error right uh common way is if you you know the bytes received back from a web uh, a web page you say hey if it gave me 532 bytes uh that's a known bad. If it gave me, you know, a thousand two hundred, hey, maybe I logged in. I found some that will give you the same bytes back the first go, anyways, because it redirects. Mm-hmm. And so, if you watch the redirections, hey, uh, you know, uh, three redirections might be a bad because it bounced around a couple times. One redirection is is a good, you know, or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, if you have a known application, uh, you know, OWA uh, Outlook Web Application, uh, uh, for example, that has a Metasploit module. 
that you that has a brute forcer in on it. Um, if something's like a uh, uh, SSH, you can use Hydra or Medusa at the command line, you know, yeah. because they have known goods on there. Um, I've seen those used even with uh, like custom Python scripts using Scapy, where once you find a known good, you can then kind of code your own brute force. It just kind of depends on what you can do. And that's basically that for the brute force. And then finally, uh, you know, if you, if you have time and you can enumerate what they have and you can get a sample of that, you know, whether it be an application or a service or, you know, if it's some sort of exposed router, you get a hold of router, you can, if you have time, you can do, a, a, you know, vulnerability analysis and research on it and try to pop your own zero day. But generally speaking, you don't have to, a misconfiguration or a... a you know, no exploit will get you in, but that that that's the external network side, and it's kind of fun. <laughs> I think we we dove uh, pretty heavily into yeah. <laughs> into that, but but um, you know, I was interested. Uh, uh, you know, you mentioned we're, we're here in Dallas, and and uh, we're here in the studio, and we've got a, a wonderful view of the skyline right now. Um, you ever been out to to Dallas Hackers Association? Man, I was going to ask you a ton of questions about it. Um, I have not. Uh-huh. I've been planning on doing it. Um, What's stopping you? Distance. Distance. Yeah, I live like an hour. Oh, an hour. We, we, we have folks coming down from Oklahoma. Oh, we have okay. folks coming up from Houston. Wow. From Austin. Okay. Uh, we have a person coming up from Mexico proper once every couple of months. I think I heard about that, yeah. actually. So if you're an hour away, you're close. You should yeah. show up. Coming You're right, out. and I cool. will probably, most likely, ninety percent be at the next one. Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, yeah. yeah. What got you into uh into this line of work? Oh, um, you uh, you, you you do pen testing, you test the bix. Yes, yes. Yeah. So the fountain um, pens. <laughs> I, I don't know if I've ever really talked about my story. I feel like people. I mean, I like to give other pen testers and you know hackers um the platform or whatever to tell their stories. But in case anybody wonders, I'm interested. Like, I, don't, don't worry. Don't worry about your listeners right now. Right? <laughs> I, I here. I tell you what. Let, let, let's 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 turn around real quick. How long have you been doing this? Wow. Okay. So I've been pen testing for a year. Okay. Yeah. What sort of pen testing do you do? High level, real quick. Um. I I really enjoy internal pen tests. Yep. A lot. Yeah. Um, I do. Juicy targets. Target rich environment. Yeah. Yes. Gosh, absolutely. I love it so good way. Good way. Absolutely. To chew, uh, to get your teeth. Out. I mean, we all do, you know, internals all the time. But but when you get on the inside uh, on the outside, there's not so much exposed. Right. right. You know, I like those externals, um, but sometimes you're done. And then the only way to get in is by sending a fish or by breaking into a place. Right. And bypassing the security. But once you're on the inside, ooh, that's where the fun begins. And so when you can do those internal pinnacles, yeah, it starts off. So, um, what, what got you into this? Like, like, why, why, why would you pick? Why would you choose to do this? Yeah. So, um, man, so, uh, it, it started with Reddit. Mm-hmm. Um, what's up Reddit? A PC master race. Oh, gamers. Yeah. So, <laughs> right. I, I know. I was, and actually it was me trying to build a gaming PC. Okay. Yeah. Really, yeah. I guess that's the the real origin sure um and then i was pc master race and then for some reason i had been fooling around with Kali linux and um i met a guy on there i still remember his uh his uh name at the time it was look at me i'm balling all one word okay but the reason why i say it is because i think he deleted that account okay well i was about to say we're, we're gonna yeah. go and uh yes, talk and find out right who that person is. <laughs> so uh, but yeah so 
I commented on the the post where I still have the picture of the post and everything. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, this was like years ago. And uh, you know, I was just asking them like, "Man, are you a hacker?" Because I'd never met, I'd seen another a real yeah, sure. person doing this before. Um, so that led to me getting into an IRC and uh, him just telling me about all about the OSC. Wait, 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 wait. So you started off on a subreddit and then he somehow, yeah. it's like took you down the dark alleyway into, into an IRC channel. Yeah. I mean, not, not even a Slack or a Discord. <laughs> no. Like, like he's like, welcome to my own personal domain here. You know, like, you know, all right. Hey, I'll yeah. tell you what, dang. Straight hex Did, chat. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you know, Ursi, but, uh, uh, you, so. When, when you went into, this was your first time going, so were you going through a VPN? Were you masking your IP address? Dude, no. So, so, so you go to a hacker, going through Reddit, Reddit has your IP address, but he doesn't. You go into Discord or Slack, Discord and Slack has your IP address, but the other chat folks don't. You go into IRC, you're connecting to their IRC server. Yeah. And even those who, who don't own the server, you can do, you know, because this IRC is, is a network service. Yeah. Right. This, yeah. As opposed to <laughs> application layer or, or, you know, web. So you, this young neophyte. Oh, man. Teach me how to hack and you've exposed. It's your IP address to him. Okay. So uh, you meet, you meet this you meet this grungy hacker in a dark alleyway on the internet and you expose your IP address directly (laughs) to him. So he knows the IP. Was this from home? Yeah. You you weren't, you weren't going through a, this is why I don't tell the story. No, this is great. This is great. This is great. So, okay. So you're at home, you're exposing your IP address and you go, so vulnerable i don't know anything about information security teach me how to hack Basically. and 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 what happens next what happens next uh my computer gets broken no i'm kidding <laughs> <laughs> i was about to say that he's not a good hacker i i imagine he was inside looking at you through your webcam but uh <laughs> you know what this looks like a nice guy not, yeah you know i like him oh man so um there are some very smart individuals in there uh-huh. um they were nice they didn't break my computer they actually taught me showed me the way uh i signed up for um my oscp or okay sure track or whatever and just began the brutal brutal climb um over the wire bandit yeah labs, yeah, oh, right? yeah just starting from scratch sure you know um and then all those wonderful a, resources we have now <laughs> i know right i know it's teach you how to do all this no stuff. it's great it's great um so just climbed up the brutal uh mountain and just learning my way yeah. from learning linux to to get my oscp so during that process um this is the part that a lot of people don't know uh-huh. my mom she actually passed away i'm sorry to hear that yeah um and when she passed she actually left me like some money to actually um take the exam attempt or okay great yeah so, so wow i know there's I know. a legacy and and actually i don't think it was the exam it was to, it was to re get into the course again yeah right? i got you so um it wasn't like i needed i think it was like 60 bucks or something sure sure but um it was enough to to get back into the course yeah so, um and it just took me such a long time to to learn enough to mm-hmm. be able to take it so that's the kind of sentimental piece about everything is yeah. that. So with that's that, a story. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so I took my 
uh, exam on that, and I think I failed it. Well, yeah, well I mean, this is natural. <laughs> <laughs> this is a real story. No, 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 it's fine. Yeah, I should have. I passed them first go. I'm so, no, no, it's, no, no, no. Nobody, no. nobody, you, you keep failing until you succeed or you just give up, which is common for me. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so, but, but, yeah, so you, so you took it a couple times. I, I failed it, and then, um, no, I failed it once, and okay. then, uh, I had a mentor at the time, Cheese Please, shout out, I love uh-huh. him, um, on Twitter, whatever, Cheese Please. Nice. That's his name. Um, he actually paid for my my next attempt, and he was helping me out, sure. you know, uh, coaching me or whatever. Yeah, and absolutely. Encouraging me and stuff. So with that um, support, um, and that's why I'm big on like mentorships and, yeah. and relationships, I actually passed it. And then after I got my OSCP, then that's when I started applying for jobs and sure. stuff and um, failing those interviews. That, that's how it goes. Dude, it was brutal. <laughs> Man. Yeah, it is, though, isn't it? Yeah, because you know, once you get your OSCP, you're like, God, yeah. Yeah, but you, you figure, hey, I got the ticket, right? right. That's all I needed. No, no. no. <laughs> yeah. So then, you know, you get into the interview and there's someone like you or, you know, something that's been doing this for like 30 years. <laughs> Thanks. Right? And, I got my and I'm like, yeah. So, and then he's like, okay, so why is, you know, and then they start, the thing was, I was shocked that people were asking me blue team questions. Yeah, sure. You know? And I was like, I don't know how to mitigate sequel injection. I don't right. know. Store procedure. I don't know. I don't know. But that, that can be, that can be from an attacker's perspective and especially from a pen test perspective that can be really important in that a from from just a cynical attack perspective those are the tools that you have to bypass right so so if you know how they fix it that will give you a leg up on how to attack it even further past the you know just expose system uh, but the flip side is is you know with with the white hats they have to be able to tell their clients how to fix what they found it's not enough to point out problems you, you have to be able to at least get them on the road to fixing it so Knowing that holistic approach is wonderful. So, so how did you do that? Did you? Somebody tells you, okay, well, how do you fix it? And you don't have experience on the blue team side. You know how? You know a good amount of of, of initial attacks. Um, you know, did you go out and study blue team? Did you did you call up blue team friends? Did you? Uh, uh, you know, did you make it up on the spot and hope your social engineering got you through the day? You know, what would you do? Um, I failed the interview. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I went home crying. Yeah. yeah. Um, I went home crying. A lot I, of tears in this, uh, yes, line of work. It was a long journey. Uh, but I went home crying and I wrote down the, the questions yes. that stumped me. Yeah. And good. I looked them up, learned them and yep. then went on another interview. And did it again. And that was how, because I didn't know any. Blue sure. I had no one, you know, yeah. and um, the only people and mind you, I did have the people in the IRC. Right. But, um, you know, uh, IRC was getting phased out. And this was this was over a period of like three or something years. Yeah. So we had, you know, the people that I was originally talking to, you know, you know, I didn't talk to them for like three years, but right. I eventually stopped going. And I had kids at the time. Uh-huh. So, so my my uh, I didn't really have a community right. going into. um cybersecurity or whatever and um after failings you know several interviews and and all this other stuff i finally got um this gig at coal fire okay you know so we we're speaking on the cold cast coal fire right. podcast and now here i here we are yeah so, sure um and you've been like, here for you said what uh a year a year okay That's, yeah, yeah since uh like last september okay yeah so, years have changed well, the september before this um, yeah, so a year and some change. And, you know, it's been great. Um, and that's, you know, kind of led me to want to, you know, give pen testers a platform. Sure. You know, and having met so many awesome people 
you know, like you, you know, other people. Thank you. I think stuff. you're awesome too. Thank you. <laughs> um, it's just like, man, I want pen testers to have a voice. You know what I mean? So you, you started and struggled and succeeded. Uh, and you utilized what resources you had and studied and, and, you know, learned all these different things. But the big thing I heard was that, you know, you, you met people and you, you utilized other people and you, you took what they were offering and ran with it. They were able to give you a leg up, but you were the one who did it, you know? Uh, and now that you're here, um, instead of, uh, uh, saying, you know, fuck everyone i got mine you're immediately like like even within the first year you know you got a leg over the wall and you immediately turn back behind you and reach out a hand for the next person that's awesome that kind of mentality is what drives everything good in this world uh and i appreciate that um I'm not paying you to say any of this. No, 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 no. This is, yes. I mean, that's the thing I love about Dallas in yeah. general. You know, we, we have Dallas Hacker Association. We have the, the local DEF CON group, DC214. We have North Texas Cybersecurity Group. Um, and and uh, uh, that's not, I mean, we have OWASP. We have ISSA here, you know. Uh, and we have, you know, so many other uh, groups that, that, that are even outside of all that. Just, and it blends everything from hacking to information security proper. Um but but that's what makes this place so vibrant. Well, you know, I've traveled around the world, and there are there are good pockets of hackers. You know, there's a pocket of hackers down in in uh, you know Houston and Austin, Texas. Uh, a lot of folks over in Nova with the military and the government, right? And you get uh, there are a lot more developers out on the West Coast, but you get a lot of inf- infosec as well. Not to mention the international crowd, et cetera. But Dallas is, I mean, it's vibrant, you know, yeah. and and. I, I love that you're like right next to everything and, and are like still like, oh, I'm just going to hang out in our seat, <laughs> you know? which we do as well. Right. You know, but man, I need to get you plugged in. I need to get you. Uh, uh, there, there's a lot of folks that, that for their sake, I want them to meet you uh, so that you can help them uh, just like you've been helped. So we'll have to do that. All right. So here in coal fire, you mentioned liking doing internals. Um so I'm going to ask you a question. Uh, if you have NDA on it, you can't. You know, you can't mention that's fine. You know, yeah. I don't want you getting fired or anything. <laughs> like but podcast is is there? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> is there a story? You know, you you've had a taste of it. Mm-hmm. You've got blood in your nose. You got grit in your teeth. Oh, yeah. You know, you, you're hungry. And oh, you're, yeah. you're enthused now. You finally you finally done it. Give me a good story. Well, t- tell me. It doesn't have to be a whole thing. You, you can start in the middle, but but what's a good hack? What, what, what's what's something that 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 you know you you had a lot of trouble with, and you kept trying or what have you, and you got past it? Yeah, um, I can say by far my favorite pen test is when I did one that I did with uh, Noopy. So um, my favorite internal that I did was one that I did with Noopy. Shout out Noopy. Um, it's one that I really like learned a lot on. Yeah. Uh, we got paired on the same internal and I love how you social engineered this. And I'm not social engineering you anything. Pod, you're podcasting me. But I, I, anyways, I, <laughs> I love it. Um, but, um, yeah, so, um, I did an internal with, uh, Noopy, shout out Noopy. Um, and it was, it was on a huge client, uh, huge. Um, and it's, one where I got to to walk through, um, you know, a test where somebody has been doing this for a really long time. Yeah. So I learned so many different tri- tricks. Um, 
Yeah, to shadow and and also demolish, you know, what I mean, with them too. So it was one where we got. I mean, the report was like a hundred oh, something yeah, pages, absolutely. and you know, those are always good. Um, but he got to show me like proc dump and using that to dump um, was LSAS or whatever. That was the one where I learned how to do that, and that was really fun. Um, and then I forget what else we did on there. There was there was just so much volume of systems there. Um, it's such a vibrant um, um, internal network. And they also had like a G Suite type thing, single sign-on. Okay, we yeah. got into that, uh, which was amazing. So once you get a single sign-on, it's like, you know, you just pick. It's like a, looking at a menu at a restaurant. You just pick whatever you want to get into, yeah, yeah. emails and all this other stuff. So it was just really fun. Um, but that was one that, that I'll probably remember like forever or whatever. Just awesome tag teaming it with somebody like that. It's just really fun to do. So you mentioned, you know, when you're in this in- internal network, you know, you, you mentioned that's vibrant, it's huge, and you started telling me different elements of uh, of the environment, started describing it to me. Um, when you're inside of a network and you're rummaging around, right, you know, what does it look like to you in your mind's eye? The Movies have a, a notoriously hard time of of, of describe showing this, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the old uh, hackers, uh, the actual movie hackers from uh, from the '90s, you know, campy and fun. They they attempted to show the the internal network as almost a hybrid between servers and like a city skyline mm-hmm. in this cyberpunk digitized art form, if you will, you know, anytime a hacker hacked another person, there'd be, you know, flames on the monitor, right? You know, and, that, and everybody at first, back in back in the 90s, they were like, oh, this isn't accurate, you know, it's, it's all command line, you know. But, uh, uh, you know, when we watch it now, we have so much fun because it that is kind of how it feels. Yeah, right. Right? You know, so, so you know, you, I saw your eyes and, and to describe to the listeners, you know, he, he, he looked off uh, up over my right shoulder, <laughs> stared off with a thousand yard stare, and he was in the environment again. He was there reliving it. And he wasn't thinking of a command line prompt readout. He wasn't thinking of some gooey expression of bits. He was in the environment he could feel it he could smell it so tell us what you saw in that moment what is what is an internal network a really vibrant network look like in your mind's eye well i i in that particular moment i was remembering the uh all the red on the nessus scan sure so- <laughs> yeah yeah okay you're like oh criticals everywhere oh target rich environment I, oh oh yeah you know, point and click i'm in <laughs> right, right, right but yeah 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 so you're thinking you're seeing red you know yeah yeah just red everywhere um and just uh i mean everything was uh lit up red i mean um, just vulnerabilities everywhere. Um, I mean, MS seventeen ten, just basic stuff that you just that you can just get into. Right, and it's just so many. I think the the thing that the deeper thing is the, the amount of doors that. We yeah. Have. Okay. So you think of it as doors. doors. Okay. So many different doors. Hallways with doors that you can open up. Is that what you're yeah. thinking, or? Is it, is it mansions? Is it you know? Just the thought of opportunity. Okay. Yeah. The potential. Yeah that's there in all of those different every time there's a little red critical uh-huh. like god there's an opportunity to just to own and to 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 dominate sure this environment and get da you know da or, and find um credit card data and just whatever you know what right I mean? but just the thought of getting and i think this was 
I think that assessment may have been the first time I had gotten DA. Okay. To. So that would be that'd be a benchmark, a life event yeah. for a hacker yeah. to get domain admin, right? God of a domain. Yeah. <laughs> so, and granted, I was with Nubia. No, hey, no, no, no. Yeah. You 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 own your and celebrate your victories. You yeah, know? it was great. Yeah. Um. So, and then getting that golden shower, you know, where you get CME, and then you got see all those hashes, uh huh, yeah, torn down and dumping in TDS. Yeah, yeah, right. So it's just seeing that for the first time. <laughs> uh, you just. Said golden shower which is a euphemism of of uh, a fetish involving um uh, urine <laughs> yes, but uh, uh crack map exec which which you mentioned cme <laughs> when you do an ntds.dit it it color codes all of the hashes as yellow and it just streams in front of you and and the fact that you you, you you've done a couple things which was interesting you just uh linked um uh, a final exploit taking complete control of the domain controller and dumping everyone's hash you you link that with a sexual fetish uh, which is which is yeah. fine yeah it's it's it's, it's totally uh, exuberant it's it's uh someone intentional yeah yeah no that's all right no there's nothing wrong with that uh, but but even going up into it you know you mentioned all the doors but you specifically mentioned the feeling of power you could mm-hmm. own each of these each of these systems are yours even though you're not supposed to have it mm-hmm. and it goes the idea with hey you have the power to exert your will on this other environment how does that power make you feel it feels good it feels good and and i'm i'm really when it's when i'm doing it it's not even so much as the power that i'm intrigued by it's the opportunity of now that i have this power i'm able to look at everybody's email sure i'm able to look at the slack channels Uh i'm able to see so much more and have a god's eye yeah uh so to speak and just look into the lives almost voyeuristic at that point right it's just see everything um, and that's the part that I'm excited about because that is that for me is the beginning. Sure, I mean that's the new the second beginning. Yeah, yeah. Um, of the test, it's like okay, now I can begin, um, and that's the kind of feeling that I'm I'm really looking for. So, so before you said, hey, I get DA, and, and DA is a position of power. It means right. that you can exert your control over any domain-connected computer. And you mentioned flippantly, okay, yeah, I can go through credit card information, et cetera. But those are almost proof of right. access. Proof, yeah, I got in, so I took a selfie kind of thing, right? Yeah. You know, but <laughs> but you didn't seem to care about that. But right now, you're talking about, okay, once I have the power, it's what I could do. It's that potential. What sort of things? I, it, yeah, okay, let's start talking hypotheticals here so we don't break NDAs, right? None of this really happened, guys. Uh, and so, uh, um, you know, when you see that, what, what are some of the things that you want to do, that you try to do kind of things? And, and, and if you have to go hypothetical, it's fine, you know, because a lot of things, you, you're not going to necessarily destroy data on a pen test, you know? Right. You, don't, you don't prove the ability to destroy data by destroying data, right? You just show that, hey, I, I've got the permissions to. But if you were able to, if you were a black hat, you know, or, or just mischief or what have you or anything, you know, you mentioned reading people's slacks, reading their emails. And so you like being able to see the, the day-to-day communications, the thought, the actions of all these other people. If you had the ability to do anything, you have DA, what would you do? Um, <laughs> uh, probably, probably just a lot of snooping. Yeah. To be honest, just being nosy. Um, getting in on the information, you getting know? in on information. Um, a lot of times, 
I mean, that's that's. I feel like that's where the most of the joy comes from. I'm not gonna rob people. You're right. Yeah, yeah. No, no. You don't want to take from anyone, yeah, right? I don't want to steal from people. And I think that a lot of people um, have that same position. Um, it's just a matter of can I figure out the puzzle? Right. Once I solve the puzzle, uh-huh. I want to walk through the door and see what's on the other side. Yeah, absolutely. And that's that's really the the. the, the so it's exploration. Right. Yeah. yeah. I'm an explorer. Okay. Um. Yeah. Yeah. And and funny stories. Um man, oh man, this was the funniest thing that Tell happened. Tell me. I don't know if this is gonna get edited out or not. No, no, I, no, it's not. No. I hope it doesn't. Everybody's but, gonna hear it and go, Wow, that's but, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um so we we were able to get into the Slack channel. Okay. Um of this target. Yeah, of yeah. target. And um the the they were discussing you know hey I think they got da <laughs> <laughs> you know oh no so 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 now you're eavesdropping they're talking about you right, right. and um you know they were they're discussing and they're like yeah yeah I think they got da um um I think we need to change the some of the passwords okay so they what, of course what should they change them to. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So, it, so mm. yeah. So it was oh, that. So no. Was like yeah. So yeah. And 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 just sitting there watching them uh, discuss, you know. And mind you, I'm in there with them. So so know? they 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 suspected that you had DA, but then they still maintain a route of communications that was affected by is within the 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 purview of that DA. They didn't go out of band. Right. That's interesting. Okay. So yeah. So they're there, and yeah. you're listening. Yeah. So they're they're discussing and um and even not even like deleting their logs at other sure. section going back in the history there's da yes all over this. oh like, no oh yeah oh they, they'd communicate it through clear channels yeah Ooh. oh 100 yeah so from that i think we got like seven more da planes. seven planes. more how many da's were there in this environment don't don't tell me don't there's, tell me the, he, uh, he's the uh, uh, he's giving me a look just for all the dear listeners out there. He's giving me a look like you would not fucking believe. Yeah. So we're gonna call it a multitude if we're gonna use a biblical term. Okay, so you, you got you, so at this point it's almost persistence. Right, <laughs> you know? man. So uh, yeah, just getting getting. Um, How'd that make you feel? Like them talking? Like I yeah. think they got da. We got to do this, and you're over here like just. Oh my goodness! And I mean, it doesn't even end there. I mean, there were some some comments like. Um, like um it was like oh uh i hope oh there was turns out there were some creds um if you go into like their uh active directory like mm-hmm. in the description they had a plain text da credential there too. brilliant and um one of the ad- admins were talking to the you know another admin he was saying hey did we know that this was here as well don't worry i cleaned it up they'll never find it Type thing, and I'm sitting there reading that message, and I was sure to include that in the report. Yeah, oh um, man, <laughs> so that they could see that. But man, just funny stuff like that. Yeah, and like that that I think is is some of the things that I enjoy. Sure, when I'm doing my internal. There's yeah, so yeah. much fun. Yeah, those little dopamine rushes on oh, them. Yeah, that that to me is worth more than any you know credit card. Yeah, okay, stuff and all that. Yeah, you know, that. so 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 it, it's it's your. Your motivations uh, in the in the tactical side, we all get paid for for different reasons, right? You know, in, in, a, in a pen tester, you're getting paid to do an assessment and a report, right? But but the the dopamine rush of actually conducting uh, an assessment or a hack, um, 
you like you like the initial gaining of power of access of being able to see the day-to-day lives of of the folks within the environment um uh, but then you 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 also it's almost like hey what, what's around the next corner you know right. what's that what's that this explorer side as well of, you know you it's really interesting you get to the top of the mountain the mountain itself lets you see things but it also gives you the power and ability to go to somewhere else that's that's interesting i can't think of anything else in in, in life that can compare to that yeah yeah oh. it's really like the the top of the mountain is the turning point yeah and yeah you just get up it and then you're able to go on the other side and it's just a vibrant city life when you communicate i'm going to assume that you have family and friends uh f- that are outside of of the hacker and infosec communities mm-hmm. um when you tell your family what it is you do or you tell old friends from high school what it is that you do do they get it no um and i'm sure i feel like you can relate to this and i'm going to turn this back around you go right ahead it's fine yeah um, turn it back to me yes yeah, so first turn it back to you. um you know I, I i feel like everyone and this is a good thing for our listeners too to think about like um but yeah i i, I tend to tell people i'm in cybersecurity. Um, and then if people press further, um, then, you know, I go ahead and tell them, well, yes. What's their tip? So we just passed out of, you know, uh, Thanksgiving and Christmas, mm-hmm. right? And so, uh, uh, you know, you had that ability to go back. Uh, you, you know, you, you had those conversations kind of thing. Um, so you say that you're in cybersecurity. Right. What's the reaction? Yeah. They say, a lot what, of, what does cybersecurity mean? Well, yeah. the first thing people say, ooh, I know that pays well. Yeah. Hey, okay. So, so they're, they're thinking, you know, career. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then um, if they want to know deeper and they say, you know, so what what kind of stuff do you do? Because my, my brother-in-law or my cousin is in that. Okay. So they're, they're finding people within their own context yeah. and their own experiences to be able to, uh, uh, to have a, a base of experience to empathize with you. And so they bring that up. Or the further conversation, and so okay, they have something. How do you explain right. it to them beyond? Yeah, it pays well. I try not to tell them I'm hacking people. Okay, yeah, because <laughs> you know that tends to you know alarm people. So you've had experiences yeah. where you try telling me. Yes. Without, when you when you used to say you hack people, what was the response? I've I've had some people kind of shut down a little bit yeah. and say, "Oh, really? Okay, mm. well that's cool," you know, and kind of me away and i've had other people say, oh wow that's really cool like um what or they say like how does that work and mm-hmm. you know so it really depends so um but so you'll find the potential hackers wait how does that work and maybe you can recruit them to your to your dark <laughs> cause kind of thing right yeah it's but funny. then the ones who are like "Ooh, yeah go on it's funny yeah because whenever i find people who are on the blue side of things like yeah actually i'm doing you know whatever some yeah. security stuff or uh it desk stuff i always try to bring them to the sith yeah. Uh, say, <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. Have, yeah. You, have you looked at vulnerabilities? Mm, you could. You know, yes. like, or you know, they'll start talking like, man, yeah, stuff. You're in security. Yeah. Our network is so broken. At <laughs> XYZ. Like, Don't tell people that. Man, yeah. Like, they, we got like SMB exposed. And I'm like, oh, oh, no. oh okay. Yeah. Okay. Right. So, so you, you find some folks within secondary and tertiary environments that can at least have a, a conversation technical wise. Um, those folks that, that originally said, you know, ooh, ooh, you're, and they shut down. What kind of, what kind of background did they have? And what was their relationship to you so far as friends and family? Yeah, like, I mean, a lot of times there are people who aren't in uh, any type of IT. Okay. 
Um, and then they just know hacking from CNN. Okay. Yeah. So or maybe like, they've been hacked oh, themselves. Wait, or something. you're Russian? <laughs> oh no. <laughs> well, no, but <laughs> Russians aren't the only people we can hack. Come on now. Right. Exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, um, but yeah, that's typically the people, yeah. you know, people who aren't in the industry. And, and so, so those that hear that you're hacking, they have the negative connotations associated and they shut down. You're like, no, 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 I'm a good person. I'm a good person. Right. Keep talking to me kind of thing. Yeah. Tinder dates go like that all the time. <laughs> you know, just, um, so, uh, uh, well, let me flip it on you. What yeah. about you? What do you tell people when people ask you what you do? I say I break into buildings and I hack into computers. Okay. Do you just own it. Yeah. Cause that's what I do. All right. Yeah. And then what are your typical reactions? So either they ask me to hack into somebody, they tell me don't hack into them. I tell them too late. <laughs> and uh, and that breaks the ice a little bit. Um, or they ask for questions and, and then we go from there. I like uh, that. Yeah, I'm going to so, start using just the, the bold just, just approach. Own just, just own it. Just own it. Own it. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. if, if, if you want to, you know, there's negative connotations associated with it, right? But, but you know, you have, as you were describing, you know, you have these passions, you know, you, you have these things that, and, and you only told me two, two outcomes, uh, the two different types of folks. You either meet people who understand what you do technically, and it devolves into a technical discussion of career or, or mechanics, you know, of, you know, computers over here, you know, SMB exposed and here's how we fix it. Or the only people that have the emotional response is a negative emotional response. So you're seeing the insides of these networks, you're, you know, you're, you're behind the curtain, you're, you're, you're looking at a view that very few people, even IT people see, because there are, I, I know, I know folks in IT that, you know, they're, they're network engineers and they've never seen a packet capture before, right? You know, they're, they're, they're going through their GUI and their interfaces, et cetera. Um, and so you're able to see everything in ways that very few people see it. You're able to see this world and everything that controls it. Uh, uh, these daily lives of these people going into work and their Slack channels, you're able to see it from a top down omniscient view mm-hmm. that no one else sees. And, and you have passions and, and experiences and so few people to share that with, except for maybe other fellow hackers. Right. And, That's and, a good point. And, and that becomes, you know, a limited expression. How do you, how do you deal with that? You've got all, you know, all these wonderful stories and expressions that, yeah, your colleagues heard about it, but they were there. And, you know, you got the pissing contest uh, uh, related with that. No, no pun intended on the earlier uh, uh, description, <laughs> um, you know, but, but, but outside of, of this very niche little group of information security folks and hackers, how do you share? How do you express that? Um, I think, um, uh, this podcast, yeah, uh, this podcast, uh, I have a blog that, okay. I, that I keep up with, uh, quite regularly. Um, but that is a good, good thing for me to go home and think about. Yeah, sure. How do I express this? You know, whom, whom am I sharing these moments? With? Right. Um, I think that's a good segue for DHA as well yeah yeah no that, that's <laughs> <if> <laughs> a little shoehorn there but uh no but uh, yeah dha is it, folks will go there you know to kind of to kind of share their their aspects so you know f- for your listeners dallas hackers association uh it, it meets uh uh the first wednesday of every month it's been going on for uh you know over six years now uh and in the front you know we'll get anywhere from 80 to 150 people i think at the most is 180 people a month, right? Mm-hmm. We we f- we fill up this uh, this karaoke bar, um, 
and uh, uh, you know, it's down a, uh, it's over in the Korean district um, uh, in the manufacturing industrial side of Dallas. A lot of uh, strip clubs and gentlemen's clubs uh, over there. Um, and it's down a, a long, dark alleyway called Good Night Lane. And I'm not making any of this up. The, okay. the, it's, a, it's a Korean uh, cyberpunk karaoke bar, right? It's, 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 it's awesome. And, uh, you know, it'll go anywhere from like 7 and, and usually kind of stops around 9, 9.30 for the active talks, right? So we'll have fire talks. People get up and talk about how they've hacked into something or, or protect against or whatever for 10 minutes and then five minutes discussion, get up, get down, go on. Not a lot of preparation. Sometimes you have slides, sometimes you don't. It's very frenetic, uh, a very active kind of thing. Um, and in the back, we'll have a summer room, really more relaxed and chill. We'll have a, a capture flag where, you know, folks will have set up computers that you can hack into and uh, put scores up. If you get into a database, you get a flag, you get into a website, you get a flag and the scores go up on the scoreboard and see who the best hacker of the night is. Uh, we'll have lock sport there where you can, um, Mobius is back there, uh, you know, picking locks commander or, uh, uh, um, Jedi mammoth will be doing, um, the CTF sometimes Apex does CTF as well. And so, uh, you know, a lot of ways just kind of get in. Um, but then after the talks, you know, you know, some folks will leave, a lot of folks will stay until like midnight or later, just, talking up somewhere a lot of business gets done um you know a lot of uh really cool things get shared there uh and i found a lot of people say hey when they when they finally find it they go hey this is this is my my home i've been like, I found a lot of people say oh my god this is not professional i'll never go again there's a <laughs> knife fight in the freaking uh uh and there was a uh, knife fight in, in in the um you know in the parking lot uh you know i'll never come here again they're not professional well it's it's, it's a hacker group it's not an information security professional networking group right so you get what you get okay uh, and, and we're quite you know, it, it, everybody is is welcome, regardless of you know if, if you think of yourself as a noob or a script kitty or, or even lead or whatever. Uh, black hat, white hat, gray hat, feds will show up. We have the local uh, FBI. They'll used to come undercover. They're a little bit more overt now. Uh, law enforcement shows up, right? But but everybody is uh, is their own person. There, you show up as a hacker. Um, now explain that if you don't yeah, mind. No, what's the, up? Um, what is the difference between that, like the the hacker and the infosec um, person? So difference between yeah, you wanna yeah, let me make sure. That <laughs> Sorry about that. Go back there. <clears throat> yeah, we're good. Yeah. So what what is the difference between that the hacker person and then the infosec mind? Well, I don't know about the mind, uh, but hacking and information security are distinctly different with with distinct overlap um so so hacking you know none of these really right now we're all kind of thinking about computer hackers and, and information security as it relates to computers et cetera. but i mean hacking is just a mindset of taking something and and using it in ways that it wasn't intended you know uh, an engineer builds something with limited resource right uh, a hacker will take something that's already been built maybe build something themselves right but but really use it in, in ways that just the, the original creator didn't necessarily you know uh, uh, consider um it doesn't have to do anything with security right you know you you, you can do a hack uh uh you know, you can automate your sprinklers with a, you know, mi microwave or something like that. You know, mm -hmm. some, some of our best talks were, you know, uh, uh, doing really on the edge uh, scientific and, and engineering stuff that it was just things that just hadn't been considered yet. Right. When hacking is applied to security, it's a little bit more easy to, or a little bit more simple and direct to comprehend. 
uh, in that security is set up for a specific thing and hacking around it is bypassing security. And that's how hacking is, is generally taken in, in the popular consciousness is bypassing security, uh, bypassing computer security. And that's where the kind of overlap with information security comes from. Now, information security, uh, you know, InfoSec is older than computers. And, and, and I don't know that a lot of people consider that. One, one of the biggest breaches of the 20th century was CoinIntelPro or, 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 or the, the discovery of CoinIntelPro. Um, and this was where a, a group of citizens broke into an FBI uh, office and there's a massive breach of data uh, involving, uh, uh, you know, all the FBI's operations time targeting uh, CoinIntelPro was one of these uh, uh, ops that the FBI was doing, but targeting protesters, civil rights movements, right? Uh, where the FBI is nominally for criminal groups and here's people, you know, exercising their first amendment rights of, of assembly and expression, uh, to protest injustices. And now they're being used as an arm of, of oppression, right? And so these, these, uh, this group of people broke in and breached all of the data. Well, how did they breach it? It was all in file cabinets, right? Because that's what they used at the mm-hmm. time. You know, all the files were in file cabinets, right? So one of the biggest breaches of the 20th century did not involve computers, but that's information security, right? Um, so right now, information is held in computers, so InfoSec tends to center around computers, right? But even InfoSec is is one element of security. You know, uh, operational security is another with with industrial control systems. Industrial control systems are are being networked, and, and so you know, in the old days, or I should say, it's a lot of OT environments have really good security around their specific threat actors, and their threat actors are basically either. Anybody that, that would disrupt operations, right? Um, pragmatically, it tends to be copper thieves. People going to rip up copper to sell. Well, that disrupts operations. And so they have a lot of security around physical security, preventing thieves from going in and jacking copper, right? Well, now they're networking all the controls of operational technology. And when they network it, it gets onto the internet. Now it gets into the realm of, of you know, malicious security hackers or what have you. And you can do, uh, you know, remote attacks. And at that point, it starts becoming interesting from a nation state level of, you know, uh, instead of dropping a bomb on a factory, can we go in there and hack it to turn it off, right? And, and you have your, your different uh, uh, reasons for hacking. Uh, but that's not information security, that's operational security, but it all kind of flows, right? And so info, InfoSec, OffSec is how do we secure these systems that hold what we have or control what we need to control? And a lot of times they're securing it against a subset of hackers that specifically go after security and specifically are trying to target them for, I say malicious, uh, that, that's a weird, you know, is, is a government bureaucrat that's working, has a nine to five job and a family with a pension and benefits in the middle of, uh, of, uh, you know, uh, uh, China. Is he malicious? No, you know, at, at best he's a patriot. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, and at, at, at worst, he just needs a paycheck, <laughs> you know, <laughs> kind of thing, right? You know, so even the term malicious hackers is kind of awkward. Yeah. Um, but but hacking in general, and that's kind of DHA. DHA, yes, a lot of people there work for companies to either secure or test uh, environments. Yes, but a lot of people 
they don't. <laughs> they don't even work in IT. They just hack on the side or whatever because they're hackers, right? Uh, and so there is overlay, but DHA is specifically about hacking. Things like Nortec's Cyber Security Group is about information security, right? There's a lot of overlap. A lot of people that go from DHA go to NT, uh, uh, Nortec Cyber Security Group and, and vice versa, et cetera. But there's a conflation that hack that InfoSec is hacking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and, and that's not, that's not, there's no cast, there's no leads, there's nothing better. You know, you can, you can do both. Um, but there becomes a lot of consternation when, wait, why do you guys, why are you guys only talking about how to get into things or why are you guys only doing, you know, the whole point of our existence is to protect corporations and make sure that our CEO gets an extra Tesla. You know, it's like, no, no friend, you know, like, like hacking is a lot more beyond protecting corporate interests. Information security tends to be within that realm. You know? Now, so, what is it to you? Let me ask you that. What is what to me? What is hacking to you? Just that, taking something and stretching it beyond its intended Oh, okay, okay, Because, okay. yeah, when you contrast it to what most most people think about as protecting corporate assets. You say most people tells me about your biases. Yeah. I feel like it is. Yeah. Well, I shouldn't say. Most people that you've run into. A lot of and Part of your circle. The general sees thought on the subject. Within your circle of, 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 of uh, sphere of influence. Yes. Considers hacking specifically within right. the subset of attacking or protecting corporate interests. Yeah. 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 The InfoSec. InfoSec in particular. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Do you find a lot of happiness running around with people that are. Wage slaves and oh snap within a within a corporatist oligarchy. Wage slaves, whoa! Hey, nobody gets rich. Uh, nobody gets autonomy out of uh, salary. Yeah, please share share like because to me, I don't even actually know much about um, hacking any other way. To be honest, okay. So, I mean, like, how do how do you even how does one even do that? Like, if, let's say someone wants to break free from the chains of of um, being a wage slave. You're not going to do that through hacking. Uh, (laughs) Either you have money or you don't. Um, And you don't typically get money through salary. So that has nothing to do with our conversation here. Mm -hmm. Um, For uh, for hacking, I don't know. uh, Give you an example. One of my projects was, um, in this pet project, uh, was creating my own smartphone off of uh, uh, commercial off-the-shelf. Tink, the Tink phone, not, not, yeah, not phone. Tinker phone. That's a separate project. That's oh. that's similar. I was going to uh, ask you about. Uh, I did Tink phone for a little bit, and uh, uh, and basically, I wanted to. You know, you can create your own computer, mm-hmm. right? You know, you, you mentioned PC Master Race on subreddit, right? Yeah. It's all about you know making a, a personal computer, your own gaming rig. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you can do it yourself, um, uh, but you can't do that with phones. That's a good point, right? You, you can you can root a phone, right? You can you can uh, jailbreak a phone, uh, but what you do with jailbreaking rooting phones, you 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 exploit a vulnerability, a security vulnerability. You hack your phone, put it into an insecure state just to get control. Well, if you're running, I mean Windows, sure, but but even even Linux or especially Linux, you know, you can have complete control of your computer and still have it be secure. You know, using things like sudo and whatnot, you know, you, you, and there's various different ways that you can escalate your privileges when you need to, but you can't do that with a phone. And they've done that intentionally, that they, they've locked you out of your own device, you know? So here's a device that everybody, uh, that's a core aspect of everybody's lives. Your entire life is on and conducted through your phone, but you don't have full control of it. And the only time you can get full control is when you make it less secure and make it easier for other people to get into it. That's, 
right. a terrible state of yeah. being. And, and you have option of which corporation you you cede control to. And all those corporations uh, have back-end uh, uh, um, agreements with various state governments to where you have no control. And they have control over you. So I wanted to create a phone that, that, I, could, that I had control over, but still gave me the functionality of, of, of a smartphone. And there are some projects out there like the Zero Phone, et cetera, which is a Pi Zero um, that you can do 2G calls off. But I wanted a 4G smartphone, you know, exactly like you have. It sounds I, like a billion dollar idea to me. No, no, because it would be open source. So sure. you'd make jack shit off of it. <laughs> Once it becomes, uh, you know, a billion dollar idea, well then, hey, now you're just the one controlling others. And I don't want to be the person who was bullied and turned into the bully. Right. You know, that's so a terrible well. state of things. Yeah. Um, so the idea would be anybody could create their own phone off of uh, commercial off the shelf kind of stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and you could put it together. And it would be yours, and then you'd run open source uh, projects, and there are a couple out there. Uh, for that, mm-hmm. I, I, I have a limited number uh, of uh, hours in the day, and and I just you know I had to make priorities, right? And and that one was that's in a top five, but I can only do two things right now. You know, is how it amounts to. Um, a couple things came out though. Uh, the Librem Five, which is a, a company called Purism, they put out an open source phone uh, called the Librem Five. Uh, and it just got released. Um, it's in its early stages, but you can buy that. Um, and then the Pine 64, uh, they came out with a Pine phone, which is open source as well. Uh, that's still in its developer phase. Uh, I'm supposed to be receiving one any day now. Uh, so when I get one, uh, um, you know, I'll put, I'll put what I see up on Twitter. Um, but both of those are as open source hardware as you can get. The baseband, the modem that connects to cellular towers are still closed source. That sucks because it's its own operating system. Your, your phone has at least two operating systems. One is the one you interact with, and the one is a separate, complete Turing complete computer has its own file system, its wow. own command structures that piggybacks on yours, and that talks to cellular towers. When you can bridge through the cellular towers through the baseband into your file system, that's how you hack other people's phone one way, etc. And you don't have any control over that, even if you jailbreak it. Holy shit! Mm-hmm. Um, there's no open source alternative for that right now, so we we isolate it as much as possible. But um, there's uh, Linux, not not Android. Not not Android derivatives, right? Okay. But Linux operating systems that are tailored for for phone use. Uh, Ubuntu Touch, um, which used to be run by uh, Canonical, it's now uh, community run uh, with a, a project called UB Ports is one of those. Um, is NetHunter? NetHunter is a Kali uh, distributions configured for tablets and phones, but it's not meant to be a phone operating oh, okay. system. It's meant to be an attack operating system that's configured for the phone. But so for instance, you don't make phone calls off of that hundred, okay. you know, you, you hack into things. So, so I mean like, no, this is like a proper phone operating system. So uh, UB ports, Ubuntu touch is one. Um, KDE plasma mobile is, is a uh, kitty neon typically uh, configured for uh, the phone. Post-market OS uh, is able to deliver a lot of these. Purism has their their own operating system, which you can use with their phone, obviously, but you can you can use it on on these other projects as well. Uh, but that's kind of the long and short of it. Uh, so I was doing it at the time because I didn't see any other projects doing it for smartphones mm-hmm. specifically. Uh, but now that uh, you know the the Pine phones doing their thing and, and the Librem fives doing their thing, uh, I, I'm confident that it's going to continue on going. So at this point, I'm putting my support behind them, if you will. Uh, and I, I'm very excited. I, I don't care who does it. I just need to see it done. But, you know, 
that's just kind of the thing with cell phones. So that's an example of, of hacking that has nothing to do with, you know, necessarily security, right? It's just this own open source kind of, I'm, I'm taking these, these pieces of, uh, you know, single uh, systems on a chip and single board computers and, and, you know, mashing together different things and, and, and using it beyond its intended means. Yeah. And that's funny that you mentioned that. Cause that's, that's actually part of some of my journey too. And uh, getting into hacking was, rooting android phones yeah uh-huh. and i used to have a galaxy nexus sure so uh and i would just watch the little high on android uh-huh. videos and yeah how to root uh rooted on youtube and i don't know why i was doing it um i think it was just fun sure um and then i think once i got root i would put like um maybe like a rom emulator uh-huh. or something on there but really i wasn't doing anything else um I think I just like having like the custom bootloader thing yeah. um, on there. So, so, so you described again a very so. So you're you're trying to, you know, you're hacking phones, which which is an integral part of a life. But once you achieved access, you're like, ah, I kind of did what I did. So you're yeah. you're you're all about the exploration. See if you can do it. And once you do it, hey, and if it's your own stuff, you know. So you're like, well, I, I don't need to spy on myself. There's no voyeurism involved with looking in the mirror, kind of thing. Um, but once you got that access, you're like, oh, okay. Well, what can I do? But that was it. That was that was the puzzle. That was the fun thing. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. That was the adventure. Um. <laughs> um. I don't want to keep you here for too long. No, it's fine. We can wrap up here. Well, I, um, I appreciate you letting me uh, talk to you and ask you questions. You know, this is it's been this amazing, been... <laughs> man. Like, it's going from going from Twitter, and I'm kind of glad that I. And this sounds right. I'm glad I didn't meet you, but uh, I'm glad that I met you here. You know, uh-huh. in the office um, for the first time doing this podcast. Sure. Cause like, I don't know, just going from your Twitter to like seeing you and talking to you in person. It's like, wow. Like it's, uh, it's so much, I don't know, like, you have a lot of depth, you know, uh, not to say that I don't get that from Twitter, but you don't, you can't, you can't get the depth that's here from Twitter. Well, that, that, that's just in general, uh, you know. Maybe that's with everybody. You know, yeah. uh, 280 characters, man. even yeah. a thread, you, we're over here, A, th- th- this is a common thing you run into on Twitter, you can't have a nuanced conversation. Yeah. You, you sit out and you push out platitudes or memes. Uh, and, and if you can get any communication, you know, it's easily consumable and fleeting. Uh, yet here we are conducting state to state diplomacy and interagency uh, shit over the fucking open, uh, <laughs> you know, Twitter and what have you. It, it's, 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 it's just not meant for that. Um, it's fast. It's shallow. Uh, and, and so, yeah, if, if, you know, if you can meet folks and talk with them on Twitter, by all means, uh, if you're in a place, especially a metropolitan area where there are people get out and meet real people in, in real, I, I mean, you know, criminals need to hang out with folks, you know, even yeah. too, right. Uh, I, I came from a very small town in Texas, uh, spent a lot of time down there. And, and even there we were able to have, you know, the two or three hackers in the entire city, <laughs> you know, we were able to, to go out and, and, and kind of hang and bang on some, uh, uh, bang on some systems. But now you're here, so you need to get out yes, and sir. you need to meet people that are like-minded and can challenge you, uh, you know, in, in a very organic and way that, that, you know, humans were meant to interact with, which is in meat space. Yeah, I agree. And I look forward to that. Um, in closing, do you have any uh, 2020 
plans and um, resolutions? Where, where are you going to be? How can people find you other than, you know, DHA and you know, DEF CON, um, giving talks, anything like that? I, yeah. Um, so DHA is probably the best place to find me. Uh, on Twitter, of course, at Tinkersec. Um, I'm on uh, in the Fediverse uh, at Tinker at infosec.exchange. It's Jerry Bell's server. Um, but that's about it. So far as 2020, I don't know, resolution. I'm just trying to survive, man. <laughs> just, you know, just, <laughs> I heard that. Just, just make a buck and live another day. Yeah. And uh, your website, tinker.sh. Yeah. yeah. Kind of like a shell, you know, shell script. You know? I like that. Yeah. I like that. You, uh, I like your. Um, the last was the last one you did was on the uh, Proxmark. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I've been doing a lot of a lot of work with Proxmark. I actually need to update that. I, I added a new long range uh, antenna to it, so it gives me about half a foot of range. A lot better than having to literally touch something. You know, you can now at least brush up against them and yeah. And, and I'm glad you them. didn't bring a big bag in here. <laughs> Proxmark's small enough. It's in my back pocket. Uh-oh. <laughs> Thank you for trusting me without vetting me. That's going to be on your head. Yeah, <laughs> well, if something happens, then we know. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's always my fault. Please wait. Well, I appreciate you having me here. This has, been a, this has been a good time. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having us. And thank you for listening. Uh, everyone, have a great 2020. Um, and, yeah, thank you for listening. <laughs>